Are you a starseed? Do you have a mission here on earth? Do you sometimes struggle to fit in? You're in the right place. Join me and special guests as we share our personal stories as Galactic Ground Crew here on Becoming Iris. Hey, hi everybody and welcome to Becoming Iris. So today I have a beautiful guest, Tara Aldridge. Tara is an intuitive channel. She's an energy alchemist and she's also a mother of three. She does many things, but I would love to welcome you to the show, Tara. And maybe if you would just like to give a little bit of an introduction about who you be in the world, what it is that you are working with and exploring at the moment. Hello. Well, thank you for having me. And where do I begin? Well, I'm a mother of three small but powerful beings. And at the moment, running ceremony and working a lot with energy. So yeah, energy alchemy in ceremony and one-on-one and just intuitive women's work, really. And that sort of shows itself in many different ways in my life and weaves differently and it's ever-changing and ever-evolving. So hard to put into a sentence, but that's sort of where my focus is at mainly at the moment. Okay. And so for people that maybe these concepts are new, like what actually is energy alchemy? Like if you just had to explain that for someone who knows nothing about it, what is it that you're doing in a nutshell? Well, we're all energy and everything's made of energy. And for me, it really comes down to the inner world for me and the energetics and the the story and everything that's on the inside and the ability to to alchemize, to shift, to turn our wounds into our medicine, to see a deeper meaning in everything, to go beyond the physical. And I guess it's a journey of working with the unseen realms and restoring a connection to magic in whatever way that (laughs) presents for you. Yeah. And I have had a number of experiences at your ceremonies in particular, and it is magical, just the space that you hold for people to connect with their own inner knowing. And I love that you always bring that forward, that you're holding a space, but that we're the ones that are doing, that we're making that connection, that we all have that ability and sort of like promoting that. It's all of us that are sort of coming home to ourselves. And so it's more of a space that you hold to allow people to do that for themselves. It's very beautiful and very powerful. And it's true because that's the only truth because we are the only ones that can tell ourselves and nobody can do that for you. And so I guess the truth for me is holding, holding space, holding the intention and weaving moments in time and experiences in time for people to do whatever it is that their soul is ready to do because we're so busy and because of how life is having a moment where you're away from your everyday life where you're held in a specific loving energy it just allows us to sort of catch up and do the thing that we know that we need to do and yeah I'm a strong believer that we are our own self-healers there's nobody that's doing it for you they're just holding you in it and guiding you inwards to it so for me that is the absolute truth that's the absolute truth for me yeah and how did you come to this knowing I guess like what's been 
your journey of like this unraveling and coming to the place that you are now. But I always really interested to know, is that something that you've always known or what was your story and what was the unfolding for you? I know that's a big question. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, I was pretty aware as a child. I was pretty connected to the inner world and had a strong connection with the unseen and it was never squashed in me. It was my family allowed and if anything, it was my own fear that sort of blocked me for a little while, but it sort of just felt the way that I arrived here is how it was. And then through conditioning and programming and life and distraction and all of those things, I went down other roads with performing arts was a huge one for me and school and all of that sort of stuff. And returning back in my mid, early to mid twenties, I went from full performing arts. It's all I ever did to attending a yoga class and that sort of just making sense. Like it really made sense to blend the physical and everything that was sort of ingrained already in me and the energetics of things and to sort of blend them together. So that was sort of the doorway back in for me. And then from there, it just, it's just one thing has led to another. So going from the yoga into meditation, into energy healing, and it's just been this ever evolving process. And for me, it feels like a remembering. And I spent the first sort of part in learning. So getting the certifications and getting the learning, but then the last 10 years has been the unlearning. So the last 10 years for me has not been seeking any of this information from the outside. It's been this real, really connecting to what's here, what's there, what do I remember about myself? What do I remember how to do that doesn't make sense? Yeah, what what healing processes or what things are coming to me? What am I envisioning? What insights, like things that were just coming naturally to me? And I think that's sort of what I want to share most with others. And that's where my gift in is with others is to hold them in their own uncovering and their own remembering of what's actually in there. What does their soul remember? What is yours that you have earned? And what's been seasoned within you over lifetimes that is not taught here on this planet or isn't and doesn't come in a form of a certificate. That's where it's at for me. That's where I'm drawn and that's where I sort of end up working with people. So I don't know if that answers your question. I can't even remember the question now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's beautiful. And I think that's a synchronicity or a commonality with the work that we do, although we're using different, we have our own unique flavor on that, but it's to do with remembrance. Like for me, I work with different remembrance tools, one of them being astrology, Akashic Records, but it's like assisting another to tap into their own knowing, their own gifts and to bring them forward for their unique offering. And I just really feel to bring up like one of the most powerful messages that you've channeled, I I believe it's called the beloved light worker, but it's a very powerful transmission that you brought forward. And every time I hear it, it does still bring me to tears, but it's like essentially the message is that 
there was like this call that went out all around the universe or the multiverse and that these souls who were receptive or willing, wanting to be here at this time that we received that call. And I feel that whenever a soul who is one of those souls hears that message, it speaks to something inside of them. It's like a knowing and activation. And I feel like this is the magic of what you bring forward is just like this activation in people that it brings to life something that's already there, but it's like we resonate on this same frequency. And, and it's also when we see people maybe that we've known in other lifetimes and we have that like connection of like, oh, I see you, I know you. And I feel like the last few years in particular has been a massive bringing together of all of these people all around the world of soul family, soul tribe, whatever you want to call it. And it also feels that we're stepping into a new time where there'll be more and more people coming to that knowing. And so that's part of the reason I felt to do this podcast is to share just our personal stories of our journey so that it may be helpful to other people as they're waking up to their own remembrance and their gifts. So I'd just love you to share a little bit maybe about some of the challenges because (laughs) often people share a lot about all of the good stuff and that's really amazing. But over the last few years in particular, it has been challenging, but also just on your own journey. I'm sure that there's been many challenges. So is there anything that you feel to share that maybe might be helpful for others who are going sort of through this either awakening or remembrance or yeah, what would you feel to share about that? Well, Firstly, just circling back to when you're saying when you received or heard that transmission and it reminded you or unlocked something in you, I just wanted to say that truth feels like a memory. Truth, it does something. It has its own frequency. It creates a response. And often the truth of when we hear something and we're like, oof, there's something in that It's often not about the words. It's often the energy behind it and what that energy is doing within us and what it's unlocking within us. And often our conscious mind can't make sense of what that is. And often there's tears. There's this feeling that doesn't have a name. It doesn't have a name. And I experience this as tears for me, but I know some people it's goosebumps or it's just this knowing. And I think that we all need to really attune to that and understand that truth when someone says something and it's you haven't heard it before and you have an aha moment, it's still a memory. It still feels like a memory. It is in such resonance that it just merges with us. So I just feel really cool to say that because there's a lot of information now. There's a lot of information. There's a lot of people saying a lot of different things and it all comes down to our discernment and our ability to be able to go, that feels like a memory. That's truth. I know this. And to connect with what's beyond our logical mind, to be able to feel what something's doing inside of us. So that's, I know that wasn't your question, (laughs) but I felt really strongly to say that because it's sort of all we can do at this point with everything that's going on is to run it through our own system. Does that, how does that feel for me? And when someone speaks or you meet someone and you get that feeling to trust it, and if you don't, to trust it as well, just because someone says something doesn't make it true, no matter how respected they may be. 
So what was the question? (laughs) Yeah, no, thanks for bringing that up because I feel it's so important. It's a really powerful message for everybody at the moment. This thing about discernment and the frequency of truth and what that does in our body. But then also something that is just another aspect of that is people, some people not necessarily knowing how something feels because like you were talking about the conditioning and all of the things, because there's been so much untruth and people now are like, well, I don't know what's true and what's not true. And maybe not having that connection with them, the inner knowing and feeling like a bit disconnected from that. I think this is really important to talk about because some, it's easy for us to say, oh, well, you just connect with what you know, but people like, I don't know what I know. I don't know. Like, so what would you sort of, what's your advice around that? So maybe people that are listening who are just kind of coming back to their own truth and they're trying to discern for themselves, but they've been so bombarded and there's, there's like a bit of a disconnect. What are some things that you would share around that and just sort of coming any sort of tips or advice or, mm. yeah. Well, that, and that I remember now what your question was, it was about challenges and what is, and our challenges right now, this is probably the greatest challenge that we're facing because there wasn't so much information before and now there is and now it's easy to be bombarded and to not know what's what. And also when we're on this path of remembering who we are, it's a questioning, isn't it? It's a it's a process of questioning. Is that really me or am I that because it's what I've been taught is what's accepted? And so on this journey of questioning, why am I this way? Is this actually part of who I am? Is this a soul expression or is this conditioning? Is this programming? That in and of itself is the challenge as well. So I guess the frequency on the earth right now is supportive of truth and it's supportive of us more than ever to go on this journey of really peeling back the layers of untruth to be able to find a bit more clarity around discernment. The energy is so supportive of that. That's why so many people are questioning. That's why more than ever the masks that people are holding up are coming down where we may have known someone for a really long time but all of a sudden we're seeing who they are rather than who they wish us to view them as. It's like truth is the force (laughs) right now. And so the good news is that it's easier than it was before. But I guess being quiet with yourself and the more noise and the more distraction, the harder it is. And our society, everything, our culture, it's built on distraction, on complete overstimulation. And the overstimulation, it's we're bombarded. Our system is bombarded with social media, with a whole universe within our phone. So no longer are we just dealing with the present moment. We're dealing with what's in front of us and then the world within, the world within, the world within, the world within our phone. (laughs) We are more disconnected from nature. So we're getting that overstimulation from all of the things, EMF and all of that is distracting. And so the antidote for all of it really is to come back to quiet. What is the opposite how are we wired as humans? How did we live (laughs) for all of those years connected 
to nature, getting the sun on our skin, breathing fresh air, not being in a million worlds, just really being in the present, having time of stillness and alone time and being able to slowly walk ourselves slowly step by step to more of that because it's we all live normal lives where we've got a million things happening but how can we remedy it and how can we how can we sort of hold ourselves in the quiet and get to know who we are beyond all of that stuff and so if we remember the distraction that's taking place we can revolt against that by being with ourselves even when it's hard by getting to know what patterns and what we do when we're uncomfortable with our feelings, which is a huge one because so often our feelings are there where we're meant to feel them, to process, to be in our bodies. But it's like the world, the outside world is created to take us out of our body, to distract us. So I guess it's feeling our feelings, being present, unplugging from things like your phone and the things that overstimulate and short circuit your nervous system and to do less, to be, to carve out time where you're no one to anyone and get to know what's going on in there underneath all of that noise. Easier said than done. (laughs) It it is. And I think It's especially like you're a mother of three and you homeschool your children and you've got a lot of other commitments. Like it's not that you just have endless time to sit and meditate and do all of the things. So I feel that is really powerful sharing around the fact that you're still able to, it's like, it's a priority for you to still have time alone. Like you said, to be nothing to no one, like you're obviously a a wife and a mother and all of these things. So how do you do that? Like just on a practical sense, like how do you actually do that? How do you achieve that? Yeah, well, I didn't for a while there. (laughs) When like my third baby was born, my alone time was pretty much zero as most of us experience. And so I had to find ways of like when I was breastfeeding, I would rather than think of other things or rather than distract and be on my phone, (laughs) things like that, I would learn how to find that stillness and almost that meditative state. So I found ways and I don't do it all the time. I never did. I was just trying to find ways. It's like, how can I make this more easeful? How can I make this moment more quiet? What can I do within what I'm able to do to be more present, to actually meditate in a moment? We don't need a quiet room and alone time to be able to tune into ourselves and really being in that quiet space is a practice so that we can be and create a quiet space within when the world around us has gone crazy so it's again it's a practice but more recently now that my youngest is nearly two I went through a period of real tiredness last year like exhaustion as so many mothers do And so now any chance I have, any time I have, I'll go to the beach by myself, even for half an hour. I'll go sit outside by myself if I can. And we can find those moments. It's just we are so wired to distract ourselves or tell the story that it doesn't exist. Even if that means getting up 20 minutes earlier or 
turning your shower into a sacred process. There's things that we can do. And I I get it. I know how hard it is. And really, when you get those moments, just be fully present in those moments and know that it's enough in that. So I feel for mums, I feel for parents because we're being sort of tugged at constantly and yeah but we can if we commit to knowing that it from that place of overflow we are so much more to our families and often it's not a choice like we feel we're going crazy if we don't now carve out that little bit of time I do I feel completely depleted exhausted and I need that energetic refuel or top up to feel like I can function (laughs) so to me it's like it's become like a I have to even if it's 10 minutes I need it yeah and I guess especially like holding space for others like you need to be able to have something to give (laughs) like you're holding space for your children you're holding space for clients it's very important that you resourced so that you can then do that And I think that a lot of women in particular forget that they're holding space a lot of the time, whether that's for their children or their family, or naturally we do step into that sort of caregiver nurturer role and that we can't do that on empty. And it's not selfish to refuel and nourish and all of those things. So that's um, huge. It's like, it's the opposite. We're, we're made to believe it's selfish. We're made to feel guilty, like it's unimportant, like our inner world is unimportant. And it's once we prioritise and even just small snippets, it's, a, it's revolting against the narrative. And that's another aspect of unplugging from the matrix or however you want to put it, is to reprioritize and to remember the magic and the ritual and to honor our bodies and to rest and to realize that our society right now is not supportive of mothers. And so we're made to believe that our inner world and our energetic energy levels or our energetic world isn't important because it doesn't, it's not tangible. And So for me, it feels liberating to reclaim that again because the world is what it is because of the disconnect from our inner world, the disconnect from the oneness. And we as women and mothers in particular, I feel it's more powerful than we know to be able to tend to ourselves and that part of us. And we are the anchor for the family. And yeah, we can't give from that empty cup, but it's deeper than that. We are so capable of changing the energy in our family, in our home, of of everything, our gifts being what brings the money into our family. It's a complete reimagining of the world that we actually want when we really honour that. And so many mothers have just these incredible gifts that are just not being nurtured because they're seen as unimportant but we're entering a time on this planet where all of those gifts the parts within the soul remembering all of the things that have been seen as invaluable or unimportant or meaningless that's all coming forward as being the remedy 
to where we're at. Yeah, it feels like we're right on the cusp of a massive change in what we value as a society and all of the things that we've discounted or haven't been important are going to all of a sudden be very valuable and be so important. And I'd love to know, like, in terms of what you are feeling into or your visioning or like what you're excited about with this change, because I think a lot of people at the moment are feeling change. Like they're feeling things shifting and moving, like there's changes in energy. It's palpable (laughs) that there's something taking place. And from one perspective, some people are like, but I don't actually see anything. But what I feel that the more that we speak into our visioning and what it is, like, what is that for you? Like, what are you visioning for the collective or what are you feeling into? And maybe even like for yourself personally, mm. but what's, what's your take on all of that? I know that's a big question. <laughs> yeah. My take on all of that is those of us who are here with an undercurrent of love in our soul, those of us that want the best for our fellow humans and this planet are looking at a world that doesn't make sense. And we've been looking at a world that just, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't sit right. The structures that hold society together, that just doesn't resonate because it feels like it's not built on the highest vision of all beings. And so How I see this is structures and however you want to look, whether you want to look at the financial structures or any structure, what's happening for me and what I'm witnessing and what I'm feeling more so and I'm seeing now start to manifest in the physical because we often feel things before they physicalise is that these structures are going to change. And we're going to start to create a world that's built on more power of love versus the love of power and oneness and fairness and respect and all of those sorts of things. And so the change I feel everyone's feeling is the crumbling of that which is not conducive of that vision. And that can look really scary because there is sort of a dismantling. It's happening and we're witnessing it now. But the old has to fall away. The old has to fall away in order for the new to be birthed. And so for the vision that what I would want to see is the kind of world that I would want to leave my children in. And that is, you know, what every mother wants. And I just did an event on this weekend and gather a group of mothers and it's very clear what we want because yeah we just want the best for humanity and the planet and yeah so personally for me and my family we haven't made decisions based on what's done and what's expected and so we just have made decisions based on what's in full resonance with us and to unplug when need be and we're in the process of sort of moving our family and yeah just 
creating, because as we as individuals change and as we grow and as we make different decisions and as we wake up to who we are, the whole collective changes because we are the collective. And so it's like this individual commitment to who really am I and what is in alignment with my from that place, that value-based place. If everybody starts to live in that value place, then everything society starts to change. And so for us, it's just important to start with our family and to hold the vision. But I see it. Like I am seeing that and I'm sure you're seeing it too. And, you know, there's so many things that are clearly not working and it's like the blinders are off now and we can see that and we can see what hasn't worked and we can see, yeah, what we need to do to birth a new everything that's in alignment and makes sense to our soul. Yeah, and it feels like everyone has their own unique role to play in this transition. Like we don't need to take on the responsibility for the whole lot. Like we all have our little piece of the puzzle or our thread of the tapestry. And that's why it's so important that we all step forward because everyone has their unique offering. Like I'm seeing more and more that people are being called to maybe potentially challenging situations within the system where they're like coming up against legal or they're coming up against medical or they're coming up against schooling or whatever it is. But there's all these pockets where things are being highlighted. It might be with police or any system, money, banking. And so we don't need to take responsibility for everything because I think that can feel very overwhelming when you look at it and you're like, this is a mess. That's not right. It's just like, I think it's almost that we hold this vision that we're going somewhere better and then we do our part. And that may just be like sharing and talking to people or holding space for people, whatever it is, we, we all have something special to offer. So what do you feel like as you move forward into this, this next chapter? And I think you said you're moving. Do you feel like, cause I'm also seeing that theme of people relocating. Do you feel like there is a theme about people being called to specific locations at this time as well? Like, is that something that's come up for you? Yeah, for sure. I think our role right now is ultimately to connect with our own, to bring through and to ground in the unique frequency that's available to each of us. And I feel like all of us have a unique signature and have a unique frequency and energy from our origin or whatever you want to say. And I feel it's about drawing, not only drawing that energy in, but grounding it in and walking it through. And that may mean, yeah, the value-based decisions or just taking care of ourselves or tending to our inner world, but walking it through, not allowing it to just sit as an idea. And so as people start to get clearer on who they are, they'll start to make decisions that make sense to their soul, which may be different to what society is expecting of them. And so as we wake up to these things, we get the inner call. We feel called to be with certain people. We feel called to change jobs. We feel called to shift in friendships or there's massive sort of changes happening in all ways because the whole everything is changing as (laughs) the collective is shifting. But that's because each of us are shifting in our own unique little ways. So it makes sense why right now, like it feels like so many relationships are ending. It feels like so many people are moving, like people are changing jobs. 
But I see this as we're being like we're just making decisions, we're being nudged to make those hard decisions often that are comfortable, that are different, but are in alignment and will open the doors for more and are supportive of our well-being and our health. And yeah, so it's we're each just being asked to listen inward. Because the pain of living a life that isn't ours is excruciating for many right now. It's almost like people are like, I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't pretend anymore. I'm exhausted. I feel so drained trying to be the thing that I'm meant to be or that people think and are expecting of me. It's like we've hit the end of what we can handle. Mm-hmm. And so it's real like, no, nah, I'm done. And I'm done with that. I'm done with that. <laughs> Making these these the decisions that have been sort of in our heart for so long, but we haven't had the courage perhaps to actually Mm. do it. But what's more is, I don't know if you've seen this, but even when people haven't had the courage to make a decision, life's making the decision for them. Yeah. Closing and opening and yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I'm, I was, as you said, courage, like that had been the word coming to my mind because I feel that a lot of these decisions are uncomfortable. Like you said, they're challenging and they're difficult. So it's not an easy decision to break up with a partner or leave a job or move, whatever we're being called to do. It's often very challenging and confronting and uncomfortable and it requires courage. But the alternative is either staying in something which is making us unwell or very uncomfortable anyway, or the alternative is that we eventually get bumped up onto that path through a big unexpected event, whether that be getting fired or a car accident or these things that come in to push us back onto the path. Yeah. It feels like when we actually can act ourselves from our own internal knowing and take action, then it does end up being a lot more easeful than life intervening and saying, hey, you're actually supposed to be over here. So... <laughs> It's, it's like our bodies. It's like our bodies as well. Our bodies are always gently whispering to us. It's and we don't listen. We don't act. We don't take a moment to hear those whispers. And so it has to end up screaming. And I see this all the time. I've experienced this in my life so many times, and I witness it. I feel like, for the most part, life gently nudges. Like we all gentle nudge. And I'm not saying we can avoid heartache, we can avoid inevitable emotion. And I'm not even saying the goal should be for life to be easy because that's not the goal. But those whispers, those nudges, that intuition, those feelings do allow us to move through things with more of that ease. And Mm. But it's true, it happens anyway. Often it happens anyway. The inevitable... happens (laughs) and it's not to say that you're not confronted with difficulties or challenges it can be something comes in and you're like well this is intense but you can then navigate it with ease I think is what you're saying it's like all the things will still happen but it's how we feel about it how we perceive it how we're working with those confronts and those challenges that we can kind of almost glide around them or step over them or whatever it is. I really just learn what it's there to teach us and how it's serving us because that's the thing. If we haven't learned it, if we haven't integrated it, if we don't understand it, it can't go away. Yeah. 
it's sometimes it's less about the actual experience and more about what our soul is requiring us to understand or learn. And for for a lot of it, how that learning happens is changeable. So if there's a learning and something we must learn and integrate, that we could learn something from watching a movie, watching a movie and being like, oh, yes, and we could learn and integrate something through that. Equally, we could learn and integrate something through a very dramatic, and I'm not saying it all works like that, but a lot of the time it's about the soul integration and understanding and evolution. How that happens is sort of up for, there's many ways in which that could happen. Yes. Yeah. I love that point because it feels like, as you said, it's not, life's not meant to be easy. Like we've come here to learn soul lessons but that's up to us whether we need to have that same lesson come around 20 times or we can just have it like the first time we get it. And that's different for everybody. But I think that just to go back to all the things we're bringing from past life, there are souls who've had many lives and they've learned these lessons. They're not, we're not all here to do the same thing and have the same outcome. Some of us are like, yep, that, I see that. I know that I've experienced that before. And I don't actually, I don't need to go through that process again in this life because I already got that. And I think that's a really important point to bring forward is that there's all different types of souls. We're all unique. We've all come here with something very different and special that we're offering. And, and for some of us, it is having seen a lot of these things play out before in other lifetimes. And so therefore we're coming at it with a perspective of sort of seeing, you know, how that evolved or, and not to say, and I think this is important to to mention is that we have been on all sides of it. It's not to say that we're like always the good guy, but having seen from a whole, like more of a bird's eye view, these stories play out. And maybe that's why some people can see more easily the truth of what's going on because it's not something new to them on a soul level. They're recognizing it. And I think that there's a lot of people that are having that awareness of like, oh, there's something here where you're talking about the truth, like they can sense in that they know. And maybe that is what they've brought in from knowing from before. I don't know if you have anything that you want to share around that. I feel to say that it's really that shift of Trusting and accepting that life is happening for us versus to us. I feel like that shift is so, or that truth is, it changes everything because it changes the way we view everything. And if we have this knowing that everything that's happening in our life, like it's, it is serving something and it may not be pleasurable. It may not be enjoyable, but what is it teaching? What is it? How is it serving the evolution of my being? Then we're opening up to what could be, and we're opening up to learning and integrating and growing through the things that we're going through, as opposed to feeling like a powerless victim, that life is just smashing often that shift and just trying to open up to how is this serving me even the most terrible hardest moments relationship situations that sort of allows us to just sort of see what it is that's been trying to show itself and so we 
are less likely to repeat, repeat. Just that one little shift in mindset is enough to steer us in the direction of being in our power as well, that there's nothing outside of us. Yeah, and you say a little shift in mindset, but I think it's massive. Like it's a game changer. (laughs) It's like for me, I feel like this was a key to everything in that And particularly when we look at really unjust things that are happening in the world and that we see around us is if we can tap into that thing of on a soul level, we're all powerful creator beings. And on a soul level, we all chose this experience or whatever our unique experience is. So when you see things with children, it's like, how can we reconcile they're just a little child and how did they choose that? Well, if we zoom out before they incarnated in this life, there wasn't, there was a choice made that in this life they would be experiencing that lesson. And we've all had these lessons and are having these lessons in our own unique way. But for whatever reason, that was their choice this lifetime. I think it brings back a lot of power to us as individuals. And not to say that we shouldn't speak out and speak our truth and stand up for injustice and say when we see things that are not they're not based in universal law and the principles of love and all of these things, but to know that we all have our own unique role that we're playing, even the people that we see as like the bad guys or the perpetrators, that was their role in this lifetime. So I think it's really fundamental and I'm glad that you brought that up is this thing about that things aren't happening to us and that we've all had, we've all had some agreement and choice not in this physical 3D reality potentially, but at a soul level. I think the key word here is what I mean by this is we are divine and human. And introducing the word and means that we can say, I understand that on a soul level, this is an agreement that's taken place and it's not in resonance with me. And I feel that this is what I want to do about it from a human perspective. So the word and honouring the divine and the human, because if we are too far either way, if we're fully in that acceptance, that's what they choose. Nothing changes on this planet. Yeah. If we're in the two, in the physical, then this life is a complete travesty. Mm. (laughs) So it's like, can we be, can we, can we love that word? And that allows us to be able to see things from a higher perspective, yet act and be the human component and work on behalf of the divine to create the shifts that we're created to to create on this planet. So I've just been introducing the word and in my world because it allows for both. It allows for action. It allows for perspective. And it's this beautiful place because we are that. We are where this meets. We are where the divine and this earthly plane meet. Like the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So having the perspective of the divine but then actioning from the human heart, that's where it's at. And that's the only, for me, that's the only thing that makes sense. Otherwise we're just swinging and everything contradicts itself and everything is confusing and, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's like, we came to be human. We came to have a human experience and we're also an eternal being that's, so it's, yeah, it's the meshing and the bridging and the being together. I love that. 
Well, I feel like that was the mic drop, so we might leave it there. But for people that are interested in working with you and maybe like experiencing your work or following you, how can people contact you and what are you offering at the moment? So at the moment, so you can find, I've got my website, taraaldridge.com and on social media as well. At the moment, I'm offering in-person events in Perth, Western Australia, but I also offer one-on-one and all my one-on-one stuff is online. So it's all with women all over the world. And I have an online membership as well that is just a portal of practices. If It's really the toolkit to lean into. But my my big calling at the moment is in the one-on-one and I'm just loving how that evolves and working really closely and witnessing as much as holding and witnessing the absolute huge shifts that these women do for themselves in being held. So, yes, thank you. Beautiful. Well, thank you for being here and thank you for the frequency that you keep and the space that you hold for others to connect back to their own truth. Yeah, it's really beautiful and I appreciate you being here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me and all of that back to you. Thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to click subscribe to be notified of new episodes as they're released. And if you would like to show your support for the podcast, please leave a review of what you've enjoyed and any donations are also much appreciated. You can follow me on Instagram at Becoming Iris Podcast and stay up to date with all of my offerings, including one-on-one sessions, courses and retreats. I hope you'll join me next time on Becoming Iris for more Starseed Stories.